Miamians and listeners from around the world, welcome to another episode of Miami Global Net. Today's guest, we have Robert Barceló, Senior Manager of Business Development at Broward County. The port is Florida's leading container port, as well as Florida's number one perishable port. Port Everglades is among the top three cruise ports in the world, attracting an average of four million passengers annually. Robert will give us some background on his career path. We touch on the future of virtual and in-person meetings, how he markets the port, and how the port affects our day-to-day life. Remember to subscribe and sign up to our newsletter. Information in the show notes. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape. Learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders. Get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. Roberto, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Doing great, Alex. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's a great day. Today was, was it 82? Getting back on that warm weather. That's right. And we're, we're, we're getting, uh, the weatherman says we're going to get a cold front tonight. So it's going to be <laughs> going to be downright frigid in South Florida in a few hours. I was like, I was enjoying the heat actually for a moment. It's like, yes, yeah, back. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a tropical bird also, so I like the heat. So before we get to know about Ports Everglades, let's get to know you first. So where are you from? I'm originally from Havana, Cuba. Uh, my family migrated here uh, back in the late 60s, 1969 to be exact. Um, I, I came here by myself at the tender age of 12 years old and then the family, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say, uh, I've been a South Florida resident, resident ever since family came about a year later and uh, little by little, we all, you know, took residence in South Florida and have been here. I've been here ever since. And, um, hopefully we'll be here forevermore or long forever is. Uh, and, um, you know, I have, as mentioned earlier conversations, I I've been working in the international logistics, uh, international commerce fresh out of college. I mean, uh, 19, uh, 1977, uh, young buck coming out of Miami Dade North college. Uh, I started in, uh, I started in the industry as a messenger, uh, and my whole family, uh, is in the international logistics uh, trade. So uh, family gatherings become uh, quite interesting sometimes. You know, we'll compare notes and, you know, what's going on. Um, it, that's from, from, a, from a professional standpoint. From a personal standpoint, I like, you know, traveling. My wife and I travel quite a bit. I'm a, I'm a weekend uh, drummer for a, a local rock band. What? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Please, you know, let's, let's drop a plug for your for your band. Well, What's the name uh, of your band? What's the name of your band? We, as far as dropping a plug, we the pandemic unplugged us. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we haven't played out. Uh, we haven't played out literally since uh, it's been over a year since we've uh, been out. But uh, we were we basically graced all the local stages. Um, our, our regular gig was, uh, Cadillac Ranch out in Kendall. Uh, the name of the band is four on the floor and, you know, we do cover tunes Number uh, four, yeah, four on the floor, yeah, on the floor. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's basically, uh, a reference to a stick shift in a car. 
you know, the, you know, cars that instead of the automatic, they have a uh, stick shift. They call it four on the Americans. Uh, they call it four on the floor. So uh, we do. Um, do we have a website? No, we do no. We, we have a Facebook page and, and that's where we communicate with our fan base. <laughs> and uh, but we do, you know, uh, rock tunes, the 70s, 60s, a little bit of 80s. And uh, each uh, each gig has become a, a gathering of friends, uh, international commerce colleagues. And it's become a, it's become a, a thing, if you will. But uh, yeah, I, I that's I, I dabble in music. Uh, I get that from my father. My father was a musician, going back to uh, the Cuban heydays of uh, Tropicana, and uh, you know I have uh, I, I call it my Ricky Ricardo years. You know I've got pictures with me with my dad and his band and all that kind of stuff. So that's 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 what kind of keeps me uh, from going totally insane when. You know, when you sit behind the drum set and all four limbs are doing different things and I sing background as well. So it's I, I don't have time to think about anything work wise. It, it becomes uh, another dimension. I'm, I'm the uh, I'm, a, I'm a living uh, Jekyll and Hyde. People come out to see me and say, I can't believe that's you playing the drums. I, you know, I'm used to seeing you in a suit and a tie. You know, just the two things just don't correlate. But um, yeah, that's 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 me in a me in a nutshell. There's other bands that I've been with in the past that uh, we've recorded CDs, and you know you can actually go into uh, Apple Music and still get the CD from my from the band that I was with before, uh, Franklin's Wheel, uh, and that was all original stuff. It was kind of like a Santana-ish uh, sounding uh, type stuff, and um, that band was together for about five years. Uh, we had a good following. All right, all right, okay, cool. Did you did you always want to do international? I mean, it seems like it was generational. Like everybody in your family is doing it, so you was like, "This, yeah, this is something uh, I want to do." Yeah, you know, you you kind of. It's one of those. I'm one of those that I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I, I still don't. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I kind of. I kind of fell into it. My mom, when we got here from Cuba, my mom used to work for a freight forwarding company. And, uh, you know, she, she would, she would tell me, look, you know, you got to get your stuff together. You know, you're not, uh, you got to get some kind of a career path here. I'll do whatever, you know, as long as I can earn a living. And uh, she said, okay, I'll I'll get you a job. And uh, she hooked me up as a messenger for, at the time for Bernuth shipping. Uh, they're obviously they're no longer around, but uh, I was started as a messenger and just kind of grew within the industry. And uh-huh. it became a, it, it's become a career is the only thing I've ever done. And I like it. Uh, there's always something new. Uh, the world thrives on commerce, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, being in South Florida and, and having the benefit of being bilingual is uh, sure as heck helped, you know. You, you, you deal at the port, we deal primarily with Latin America and anything that has to do with international commerce in South, in South Florida is essentially tied in uh, to, to Latin America. Heck, you know, Miami is essentially the capital of Latin America uh, for all intents and purposes. So it's, it's something that I enjoy, uh, you know, with I've always worked in the, in the commercial end 
of uh, the transportation uh, logistics industry. It's done well. I enjoy it. You know, I, I really don't mind a lot of people. Oh, sure, I have to go to work. <laughs> I enjoy going to work. I travel a lot. I've gotten to go to places that you otherwise wouldn't get to go to. Uh, because when people travel, you travel to, you know, tourist type places. By chance, sometimes you go to tourist type places, but in general, you don't. Essentially, I've got to travel pretty much the whole world. Awesome. So yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's been a nice ride, as they say. Well, you still got your host. You still got plenty, plenty of, uh, of more rides, man. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. This past year, I've had, I've had to pivot. Because, you know, I, I, you depend on, when you're doing marketing, you depend on traveling and you depend on relationships and you depend on, on seeing people eye to eye. And with not being able to travel, we've had to basically uh, pivot and see how we can market the port uh, without going, having to go to Bogota, Colombia or Lima, Peru or Shenzhen, China. You know, so what we've been doing over the last uh, Jesus, a year now, it's hard to believe, uh, is uh, doing uh, a lot. And myself and, and the rest of the transportation and, and, and international commerce, life has become a series of webinars and, uh, and, and, and Zoom meetings, which I really think, you know, when, you, when we first started doing this, you kind of did it out of necessity. Uh, but I think a good chunk of this we've learned along the way and in speaking with, you know, colleagues and stakeholders, more or less share the same opinion that we've learned through the process that, hey, this is a valid format uh, that we can continue to use. Um, you know, it, uh, most of the meetings that we held at the port, uh, people that would attend the meetings were essentially locals. You know, I, I can do, for example, we, we hold a quarterly perishable cargo meeting. Port brings in a lot of perishable cargo from essentially the world, but primarily from Latin America. Chances are if you've eaten a blueberry or a grape or an orange or a tomato or yuca, pineapples or bananas, they came in through the port. I mean, I had, I had Chilean blueberries for breakfast. Yeah. Does that come from, from your port? When I go to Publix, I look at the labels of the little plastic clamshells and see where they come from and, or the bananas. And, and, and when I see, when I buy bananas and primarily they come from Guatemala, I, I send a text to the, the Guatemalan Trade Commissioner. Say, hey, I'm supporting you guys. Uh, so. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you, you know, you deal with these people in day in, day out. Uh, they're here to promote products from their respective countries. And, and we work hand in hand with them literally every day uh, to help them in, in the process of developing and, and, and foment, fomenting uh, the need of for their products here in, in, in South Florida. You know, you mentioned that the pandemic and doing all these Zoom and all these virtual stuff. I mean, I've, I've heard the same throughout throughout my interviews that there is something there. There's definitely a compliment. It's never going to replace, of course, the person to person, no. you know, no. but I think there's a value, like you said, like all these conferences, I'm sure will now benefit more from paying more attention to their virtual presence and allowing those people that cannot travel for whatever reason. You're starting to see it. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. There is never going to be uh, a replacement to the eyeball to eyeball. I mean, the, 
business thrives on, on, on personal relationships. And, you know, you can do a lot through email. You can do a lot through the phone. Um, you can do a lot virtually, but there's nothing, there's no substitute for, you know, being with a person. Uh, it, it just cements the relationship and, and you feel compelled to do more for someone that you know on a personal level than someone that you know through a phone call or through an email exchange. But I, I think these virtual platforms have opened the door to a lot of people realizing that, hey, you know, if, you know, someone from Peru, for example, hey, instead of me spending five, six, seven thousand $7,000 to go to Miami or South Florida to be a little bit more regional and, and not really be able to have an ROI or quantify the expense or knowing what I'm going to get from spending that kind of money, let's set up a series of, of you know, virtual meetings. Uh, let's explore, you know, using a phrase that you used earlier, you know, deep dive. Let's, let's do a couple of preliminary get to know each other, you know, virtually. And then as, as things develop, if we do find the need that, hey, there is an actual purpose to meeting, let's go ahead and I'll get on a plane and I'll go to Lima or the guy from Lima will come here. There will be definitely uh, a place for, for these virtual uh, platforms to, uh, moving forward. Coming out of, you know, it's still early on, but coming out of the pandemic, uh, there's been, without a doubt, a financial impact to a lot of, to a lot of companies. We're not excluded from that. Uh, the, 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 the ceasing of cruising activity has hurt South Florida, if not Florida at large, tremendously. Speaking for ourselves, uh, I don't want to speak for any other port. And by the way, there's 15 deep water ports in Florida, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, speaking for news ourselves, me. pardon me? News to me. Yeah, there's there's 15 deep water ports in Florida. It's a relatively big peninsula. So, uh, but I mean, for us, you know, going back to the justification for these virtual uh, platforms, companies are going to have to recoup financially for the next year, two years, uh, ourselves, the, the not having cruises going in and out of the port has impacted our earnings by 35%. 35% of our revenue comes from cruising. So that's, I mean, you're talking millions of dollars that the port has not taken in. The port operates on revenues generated by the port users. And as much as Port Everglades is an entity of Broward County, we do not use a penny from Broward's tax roll uh, for the port's operation, um, mm. which is a great benefit to Broward. Uh, you have a, to the people of Broward, you have a world-class economic engine that it's not costing you literally a penny. Um, our, you know, our economic impact is tremendous. Uh, the amount of people that work because of the uh, economic or the commercial activity through the port uh, and the cruise. I mean, and, and not only locally, uh, a lot of what you buy or everything that you buy on a cruise ship from the food you eat to the booze, uh, liquor, uh, the, the produce, the tomatoes that are used for the salad, all that comes and is supplied from local companies. So the, the, last, the, the stop of the cruising industry has had a very deep uh, ripple uh, effect on, on the local economy. So let's talk a little bit about the port. 
Ford Everglades, your 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 small baby, <laughs> massive port. <laughs> well, listen, it's still in in, in the overall. We're, we're the twelfth as far as volume, uh, the total volume of U.S. ports. We are number twelve nationwide. Uh, That's awesome. So it's not not too shabby. Uh, I mean. Uh, we do an average of about a million containers a year in cargo. Uh, anything from uh, from a cell phone, uh, anything that can come on a ship, uh, you know, comes in and out of the port. Uh, we supply Latin America. Latin America gets essentially all of their consumer goods, uh, or a good portion of their consumer goods from the United States, and and they go through our port. Um, Seventy-five, if not almost eighty percent of the commercial activity for Port Everglades is uh, Latin America. The port brings in or brings in and out. Uh, you know, we, we have a 60-40 split on imports to exports, which is pretty healthy. Uh, we also bring uh, petroleum, uh, petroleum used in 11 counties in South Florida. Gasoline, to be precise, comes in through the port. Uh, all of the planes that fly in and out of uh, MIA, Fort Lauderdale and West Palm, all that jet fuel comes in through Port Everglades, each airport uh, underground uh, connections. Where does it come from? Primarily from the Gulf. We don't refine uh, petroleum at the port. We, have, we store uh, gasoline. Uh, the only added product, if, uh, the only added service, if you will, that happens at the port from a petroleum standpoint is petroleum additives. Uh, all gasoline is the same. Uh, they add more octane or less octane, so you can have your regular mid-grade and premium. Don't tell that to anybody. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes. yeah, it, we also bring cement. All of the cement that gets used in South Florida for construction comes in through the port. Automobiles, the latest jewel in the crown of services that we have at the port is uh, automobiles. Uh, the Chevy Blazer uh, gets put together in Mexico, and that comes in through ships uh, from uh, Puerto Veracruz into Port Everglades. We also export automobiles. Uh, we export the entire SUV line from BMW uh, through the ports of various processes, and we move a lot of used automobiles all throughout Latin America. So the port has a very diverse uh, revenue base, uh, and that, that has helped that has helped us to, uh, to weather, uh, the situation over the last year. And in your role in particular in the ports day to day, my role day to day is to market the port market, sell it, uh, speak constantly with uh, our customers and, uh, to let them know what's happening at the port, what's not happening at the port, uh, the infrastructure that's available at the port for, you know, for them to use. So in a nutshell, marketing, uh, I, I, you know, marketing, I, I speak in a lot of conferences, um, just overall, I, I call it spreading the Port Everglades gospel uh, to whoever wants to listen to me. In the old days, if you can call it a year ago, the old days, uh, I spent 70% of my time traveling. So, so 70% of your time traveling. So that is the bread and butter to market the port. So you, you join a lot of the trade missions that are done by like Enterprise Florida and stuff like that? 
exactly. For example, we would we would join or I would join uh, trade missions that Enterprise Florida would do. Another, you know, the Florida Ports Council does a lot of marketing work. Um, so, you know, I, I would join them um, on on some of these missions. Um, gone as far as you know, and and, and conferences, uh, speak at conferences. You know, uh, tell you know to talk about the port and 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 get to not only talk about the port. But get to know what other ports are doing. Um, you know, we we can't operate in a vacuum. We need to know what other ports are doing, uh, so we can help them help us. I also arrange for a lot of a memorandum of understanding, uh, which is a a marketing tool that ports use. So we uh, each port can jointly, uh, you, you know, share best practices. Um, market each other, you know, um, just just marketing in general, marketing of, of everything that Port Everglades has to offer from a cargo standpoint. On our pre-interview talk, you mentioned that there's a lot of our day-to-day that is affected by the work that you guys do. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yes. Uh, everything, everything that is bought at a store locally, anywhere, comes in through the port. Uh, Florida is a very large consumer market, one of the main consumer markets uh, in the nation, if you will. Uh, And not only for the sake of all the millions of people that live here in Florida, but for Latin America. You know, if you travel Latin America to any extent, uh, when you're there, you'll know that people come here and, and, and shop for price, you know, prices that are here aren't found anywhere else. I mean, heck, you go to um, Sawgrass Mills and it's like wall-to-wall people from just about anywhere. All that stuff got there through either a ship that came in through the port. Once it's cleared from the ship, a trucker picks it up, takes it to a distribution center. Another trucker from the distribution center takes it to the retail store or takes it to a a grocery store, um, an automobile, go to a dealer. So everything that we do affects the day-to-day activity of, of, of people. Um, and that's always impresses me. Uh, you know, when I go out and I speak uh, at different functions and different conferences, people look at me and go, oh, wow, I didn't, I, I didn't know that style. You know, that's how it, that's how it works. And, well, it's, it's got to get here somehow. And, and that's, that's always been the, the amazing part of this, you know, how much we affect or affect the day-to-day. And um, a lot of people are just aren't aware of it. So if I meet you in an event, right, and, and I'm like, I like what you're selling. I want to start shipping through you guys. What, is, what, do you, what, is it, what are the next steps? First, I, was, I would ask you, where are you shipping? You know, what are your points of origin, you know, wh- what are your dynamics? Where, where is it coming from? Where you want it to go? And once I know that and, and how much, you know, if you're bringing in a carton, there's a different set of processes than if you're bringing a full container of, of, of merchandise. <clears throat> I would refer you, if you wanted to import uh, from Colombia, let's say, I would refer you to an import broker. And, and the reason for that is, Merchandise that comes into the country has to go through a clearance process with um, several government agencies. As a point of reference, 
every product that gets imported into the United States is subject to review by up to 47 different government agencies. If we meet at a conference and you tell me, look, I want to bring widgets from California or from Colombia, let's say, um, I'd say, well, no, have, uh, Alex, have you, you know, have you done your homework? Uh, do you know if your widgets from Colombia are allowed to come into uh, U.S. commerce? Well, I don't know. I, I make a pretty good widget, but I want to bring it into the U.S. An import broker is the person that can navigate all of the different requirements from all of these 47 agencies and can save you a lot of time and processes to make sure that when your widgets land here, you can go ahead and sell them. Uh, once that's established, then the other, the other step, if you will, is I'd say, look, um, are you going to fly this or are you going to bring it in through a ship? It's, it's either or if you're coming from, uh, from Colombia. Uh, and if you say, look, I want to bring it through the port of uh, my supplier is relatively close to Cartagena or it's relatively close to Santa Marta or Barranquilla. So, okay, these are the ocean carriers that are coming out of Barranquilla that come into Port Everglades. Um, and if for HOY reason, what you're bringing in from Colombia, any of those carriers don't call Port Everglades, I'll refer you to someone else. Uh, there, there's no shame in saying I can't do it. The shame is in if I can't do it, not helping you to get it done with someone else. Um, and, and then you go to the ocean carrier, you get the cost of shipping your goods here, and you're off to making a mint. So you, are you saying that the blueberries I have for breakfast have probably gone through a almost 47 approvals agencies? Pretty close. And, and, we won't, and we won't even get into the fact that all the blueberries that come into the United States have to be fumigated. Um, that's, that's when, you, that's, that's when you open, when you look at the clamshell, the first thing that it says is rinse before consuming. I do that. I do. I no, definitely yeah, I mean, good, rinse. Good. Good. Uh, good. Well, I, according to the blueberry boxes, this is organic. Do oh, they no, still fumigate? Organic, organics don't get fumigated, but, uh, I still rinse. all the others, the, all the others do. It's, okay. it's, it's called the condition of entry. Uh, before they get, if, if, they, if they're organic, they don't. Uh, but if they are, you know, all the others must be fumigated with methyl bromide before they, before they leave the port. Sounds delicious. The, Yummy. The meth, what is it? Methyl bromide. And I know we're running out of time. I have one more question for you. Can you tell us a story from your travels? Uh, the latest one. Uh, I'm in Shenzhen, China. Uh, October of 2019, and uh, the conference that I was attending, um, it's an annual event, and it gets held at the Intercontinental in Shenzhen, China, and if you ever go there, you get the feeling that you're driving on an international drive in Orlando, because everything is so pristine, it's, it's almost scary. We're sitting, there having, we're sitting there having dinner at the restaurant at the Intercontinental, and there's a guy in the corner, you know, with a piano, playing background music and well, we're enjoying the music and so on and so forth so the guy of course every other every two songs he stops and hey i'm such and such you know where are you from and we're you know kind of like a cabaret type uh thing and the one of the the guy stands up and goes, well i'm 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 paraphrasing on the name here but 
Uh, I'm Miguel, uh, and I'm here uh, working at the Intercontinental, and I am from Santa Clara, Cuba. And I, what? What the heck? I literally got up from the table. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, I pointed at him in Spanish. I said, you, you're lying. There's no way you can be from Cuba and here in Shenzhen, China. And he looks at me and, and of course, you know, a Cuban meets a Cuban and, and you know, all the filters go out. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks at me and, and literally, you know, I, uh, we said a couple of words that I don't think I can say here, but you know, uh, he came over, literally left the piano, came over to the table and hugged me as if I was a long lost uh, relative. And we just started chatting. I still have a picture of the guy when we met in my phone and I tell this story to people. You're like, you know, what, of all places, you know, un cubano in Shenzhen, China. Uh, and then we started talking and, you know, the guy goes, you know, he's been there uh, in a government contract for about two years and he flies back to Cuba once a year to see his wife and his kids. Awesome. That's, awesome. that's one of many. I mean, you, you travel and, you, you know, you, you, you see people and... Hey, Robert, thank you so much for sharing your story and for taking the time to explain Port Everglades to us. And I look forward for one of these deep dives that we're going to do, uh, dive deeper into some topics. Alex, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you and sharing what goes on the port. Feel free to uh, call anytime. Thanks again, man.